LeBron, for the record, he's got it, he's got it. LeBron James is now the all-time leading scorer in the history of the NBA. The king wears the crown. And you can see the relief on his face. This is Front Office Sports Today. It's Thursday, February 9th. I'm senior writer Owen Poindexter. Let's jump right in. LeBron James passed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar to become the NBA's all-time scoring leader with 38,390 points. He did it in 150 games fewer than Kareem. And I agree with number eight on the all-time scoring list, Shaquille O'Neal, that no one's coming for that record anytime soon. But I'm uh, uh, happy for LeBron. I'm happy for the Lakers organization. And I never thought that record would be broken. Mm. Never thought it was going to be broken. But now. It definitely ain't going to be broken, Shaq. Candace talking about he's trying to play another five years, man. It ain't, it ain't going nowhere. That Thanks. thing going to be at about 48,000 points, ain't it? <laughs> LeBron is also the only player in history with five-digit totals in the triple-double stats. He has 10,583 rebounds and 10,354 assists. He's won four MVPs and probably has been the league's most valuable player at least that many times, and won four NBA championships, two with the Heat, one with the Cavaliers, and one with the Lakers. Not taking anything away from Jordan or Kareem or Steph Curry, but there has never been anyone quite like LeBron in NBA history. I mean, just take it from Kareem the Dream himself. LeBron's career is one of uh, someone who planned to dominate this game. He got out of high school. He had the size and the talent to uh, step right into the NBA, and he immediately started to uh, have his effect. And, uh, you know, it's it's gone for uh, almost 20 years now. Per Spotrack, he's earned $431 million on the court, and his current Lakers deal will get him to $529 million through the 2024-25 season. And he's already built a massive business empire off the court. The Spring Hill Company, which he co-founded with Maverick Carter, does a lot of different things, but it's primarily a media production company. It's worked on feature films, including ones on Muhammad Ali, Jackie Robinson, Vince Carter, and the most recent Space Jam movie. They've also done a bunch of docuseries and audio series, and they have a product line and a brand consultancy. Spring Hill is last valued at $725 million in a funding round from October 2021, led by Redbird Capital Partners, but also included Nike, Fenway Sports Group, and Epic Games. LeBron, of course, has a number of major endorsements, including AT&T, Beats Electronics, Calm, Crypto.com, GMC, Kia Motors, Walmart, Tonal, Mountain Dew, Wheaties, and a lifetime deal with Nike that is believed to pay out more than $1 billion over the course of the contract. That's just the Nike deal. He's done quite well as an investor. He made more than $100 million when Beats was sold to Apple for $3 billion in 2014, and his stake in Blaze Pizza is worth in the tens of millions. According to Forbes, his net worth is $1 billion. He traded his 2% stake in Liverpool for a 1% stake in Fenway Sports Group, which owns Liverpool. That also gives James a stake in the Boston Red Sox and Pittsburgh Penguins. I would not bet against him to own an NBA team after he retired, not necessarily as the majority owner, but as someone with a substantial stake and a substantial role. If he does, he'll join the ranks of his Miami Heat co-star, Dwayne Wade, who's part owner of the Utah Jazz, and the legend he is most often compared to, Charlotte Hornets owner Michael Jordan. LeBron has said he wants to finish his career playing with his son, Bronny, who's currently a high school senior, and I have zero reason to doubt that's going to happen. LeBron James controls his fate probably more than any other U.S. team sport athlete right now. After all, he's the king. LeBron led led them. You know, he has that... uh 
indefinable essence that they call leadership. So this is where we would normally do a second deep dive, but today we're trying something a little different. There's a lot going on, and I'm going to do a bunch of stories rapid fire. So here we go. First up, a group of very wealthy people from Qatar are preparing a huge bid for Manchester United. The team has been for sale since November, ever since the Glazer family decided they would rather have billions of dollars in cash than a fan base that regularly organizes massive protests against them. The early favorite was Sir Jim Ratcliffe, the UK's richest person, who has been public about wanting the team. But the Glazers might opt to go a different direction if this new bid succeeds in its attempt to, quote, blow the competition out of the water. Bids are due this month. Next, Formula One has not raced in Las Vegas in decades, but there may already be plans to make its Vegas marriage last. Currently, F1 is under contract there for three years, starting this November, but Clark County just passed a motion granting them permission to stick around through 2032. Now to New York. Madison Square Garden Sports is open to selling a minority stake in the Knicks and Rangers and seem especially interested in bringing in private equity firms and sovereign wealth funds. If they do, they can make good money. Forbes last valued the Knicks at $6.1 billion and the Rangers at $2.2 billion. That makes the Knicks the second most valuable NBA team after the Golden State Warriors, even though, unlike the Warriors, it's national news whenever the Knicks actually make the playoffs. Next story, Live Golf made almost no revenue last year, according to its lawyers. This came out in a lawsuit with the PGA Tour. It's not news to say that Live Golf was not profitable last year. Of course they're not profitable. They gave out numerous bonuses to golfers in excess of $100 million. But it is news to learn that they barely made any money at all. The reason Live is so dangerous to the PGA Tour is that it's funded with the Saudi oil money, and clearly it was not concerned with making a profit. But one wonders how sustainable this is if the plan is to continually shell out hundreds of millions of dollars. And if they keep coming with these giant signing bonuses, then it will never be profitable, but at some point it may have to get less unprofitable to continue on. Finally, Oakland Mayor Sheng Tao said that negotiations between the city and the A's are back on, and that they are, quote, looking good. The A's will either create a whole village around a stadium in downtown Oakland by the waterfront that is estimated to cost $12 billion, but who knows what that will actually be if and when it happens, or they'll move to Las Vegas. I've been on record for a while saying I think it's more likely than not they stay in Oakland, but we shall see. Up next, I spoke to two front office sports reporters who are on the ground in Phoenix for the Super Bowl, and one of them received a bribe offer from a rabid fan within 24 hours of touching down. We'll have all that and more right after this. Two thousand. 2008, 2022. When it comes to the economy, those are some scary years. Dot-com crash, housing crash, and the roller coaster we're going through right now. One thing is certain, it's a dangerous time to not know your numbers. But over 31,000 businesses have the confidence and clarity they need because they rely on NetSuite by Oracle, the number one cloud financial system. NetSuite gives you visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, and budgeting, so you can manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need all in one place. So, how do you prepare for uncertain times? The answer, NetSuite. NetSuite helps you identify rising costs, automate your business processes, and easily see where to save money. That's why 93% of customers say they improve their visibility and control when they upgraded to NetSuite. What are you waiting for? Right now, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash frontoffice right now. netsuite.com slash frontoffice. netsuite.com slash frontoffice. 
right, I'm joined from Phoenix by our senior reporter, AJ Perez. Hey, AJ. Hey, how's it going? Great. And our senior writer, Mike McCarthy. Hey, Mike. Owen, how are you? I'm doing great. So, guys, just first of all, give me a sense of the scene down there. Is it crazy? Is it quiet? Is it both? Like, how's it all going? Well, I'll tell you a funny story about how crazy my first night was. I was actually at Super Bowl opening night, and I pressed a button. I was waiting in an elevator for the media elevator, and a father and son came up to me in Eagles jerseys. They had all the paraphernalia on, and they were offering me hundreds of dollars as a bribe to bring them down to the floor so they could mix with the Eagles players. I I tried to explain to them that, you know, not only wouldn't the NFL approve of that, but... You know, they make you practically give a vial of blood as uh, proof and that there was no way they would ever get through security. Uh, but they continued to try to ply me with money, and then they finally disappeared. But that gives you an idea, the passion down here, uh, particularly from Eagles fans. I don't know what AJ has seen, but I'm seeing a lot more uh, passion and noise out of Eagles fans than I am from the Chiefs fans. Yeah, I'm sure they're ready to, you know, bribe every security guard in their way if that's what it took. <laughs> Um, or the media. A- exactly. Uh, AJ, how, what are you seeing? Yeah, same thing. I uh, I covered more of the Chiefs uh, last night um, for the opening night. They're uh, kind of picking up right here downtown. You know, the event was at the arena last night, and uh, NFL experience is right next door. So things are going to start picking up as the week goes on. Yeah, yeah very cool. And, and Mike, I, I hear you've been uh, talking about a, a certain um, retired player turned Fox analyst. Uh, what, what's the buzz there? Yeah, the the, the Tom Brady watch continues. Uh, Everywhere you go, people are talking about Tom Brady. When is he going to start? What is he going to do? Who will Olsen's new partner be? Uh, I talked to several Fox executives today. They said emphatically that there are no plans for Tom to pop up uh, either in the booth or on the pregame show. But, you know, Fox has always been very differential to Brady and what Brady wants. And given the fact that Brady popped up on Colin Cowherd's The Herd uh, earlier this week to do announce that he was going to be joining Fox next fall, who knows what he's going to do? Yeah. And just every time I hear the name Kevin Burkhart, I, I'm you know, a Mets fan, watched way too many Mets games in my life. I still think he was the Mets sideline guy or like, you know, the, the guy who had like interviewed players' moms in the stands for a couple years. And so I still think of him as that guy. And, and now he's doing the Super Bowl. So, you know, very belated congratulations to him. He doesn't need to hear it from me. But um, but yeah, it's a cool story. He truly has one of the greatest success stories in broadcasting. He was a car salesman and he worked his way up doing local sports. As a matter of fact, him and Greg Olson uh, go back 20 years. He covered... Olsen and his father in Wayne, New Jersey, which is why they have such good chemistry together. But he really is a true success story. Yeah, yeah, very cool. And AJ, what are you what are you going to be looking out for as the week goes on? Actually, I have one Brady thing. Uh, yeah, so I, I I actually asked uh, Terry Bradshaw what uh, what 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 advice he give Brady you know, making the transition from quarterback to the booth as he did in the back in the mid to, mid to early eighties. Um, and he was like, uh, Brady won't talk to him anyway. He's not going to ask for advice. <laughs> so, that, so there, so there's that. Um, uh, but yeah, there's, uh, actually, I mean, we kind of, uh, the scene around here today was Radio Row actually ran into Dana White, who I did that feature on a couple weeks ago, and he didn't realize it was me for five minutes. Um, even though I introduced myself, that, 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 that was fun, but it, it, it went well. It's kind of, uh, he's at, he, he's out here promoting his power slap. And that, that's, that's what you get on Radio Row. You get a lot of promoters, a lot of former athletes, hawking products you would never buy. 
um, but trying to get on the radio or on podcasts. And uh, so that's, uh, that's been, you know, go out throughout the week here. Have you guys done any double takes on, you know, like, oh, hey, there's that guy or like, what's that going on? You know, just like someone who not exactly a surprise because you who can be a surprise at the Super Bowl, but, you know, someone you weren't expecting to see necessarily. Oh, no problem. It was like, yeah, last night, the crowd. I mean, Mike and I saw the guy with a bucket just wearing a bucket. Um, you saw a Lucha Libre mask. You saw people dressed up as wrestler, Mexican wrestler. And, it was, you know, it just it was a scene last night. And it's kind of that was kind of hopefully gets the media that out of the media system so we can focus on those stories but uh when the six thousand people as mike wrote are credentialed for this game um it's uh, you you get you get all kinds and, and my big impression today uh was fox had their annual well not their annual but their media day where you basically got to talk to all of their talents and the one who had the biggest crowd around him was gronk uh you know it's gronk's world he's got this fox gig he's got commercials he's got his movie 80 for brady uh, he is just seems to be loving his uh, post NFL life, and he's succeeding very well. Yeah, yeah, and you know we we had him on on our first episode here. He, he's he's a lot of fun. He's you know he's uh, he's just kind of a lovable lovable dude. So um, yeah, and he's, he's funny. He's horrible. Fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can hear the laughs you know arising from that little table you know constantly. So uh, I, I know you had him on. I know he was your guest. So you know he could be very personable and charming, and he was today. For more on our Super Bowl coverage, head to frontofficesports.com. Thanks so much for listening. I was sent a study from Morning Consult on people's plans for watching the Super Bowl, and 18 to 34-year-olds are actually expected to have a substantial drop-off in viewership. 75% of that age demo in the U.S. watched last year, and only 66% are expected to this year. But where Gen Z is more enthusiastic than the rest of us, Rihanna. They are pumped for the halftime show, and so am I. That'll do it for today, and we'll see you tomorrow.